0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Just a Position, the podcast where we explore mental health, vulnerability, and personal stories of strength, usually featuring creators you know and love. But I am doing one solo episode every single month where I can just connect with you guys. We can talk story. We can share personal experiences. I can answer some of your questions, all that kind of stuff. If you didn't see my last episode where I was answering some of your very, very personal questions, I highly recommend you check it out. But if you're brand new to this podcast, make sure you subscribe to the Just a Position YouTube channel as well as stream and leave a review on the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast whether it's Apple, Ramble, Spotify, wherever it may be. Feel free to check us out and make sure you subscribe so you can hear more incredible podcast episodes. Now this episode I am really really stoked about because I'm going to be talking about some stories that I've never shared online and I have to tell you the backstory of like how I came to this idea. It is actually courtesy of my team. Um, I absolutely love my team. If you don't know my team or you haven't seen them, I highly recommend you watch like my office tour video or my day in a work life video that I have on my YouTube channel because I introduce a lot of them there. But um, whenever we're at work, we always just love to make it a really fun vibe. Just always making sure that we're, you know, connecting, sharing stories, laughing. And one time we were having lunch together and we were just sharing random stories. And I started to talk about one of my travel experiences. And they, you know, were all like laughing and in shock at the story that I was sharing. And a few of them were like, Hiram, you should start sharing your travel experiences on your podcast because these stories are like absolutely fucking insane. You've been through some like crazy shit while traveling. Why don't you share these on your podcast? And I was like, oh, you know what? That would actually be a really fun time. Also because I don't know about you guys, but I absolutely love like story time YouTube videos, that golden age of YouTube and even story times on TikToks. I love watching because I just think that hearing people's stories and life experiences is so fascinating and I'll always be interested in them. So I'm like, you know what, why not? Let's, you know, just do a throwback type episode where I'm sharing some really funny stories and really interesting experiences that have happened on my personal travels. And if you guys want to hear more podcast episodes where I go into more travel experiences, feel free to let me know because I have, so many stories to share, there's a lot, but in this episode, I think I'm just gonna be sharing stories that happened specifically on one trip when I was able to go to Egypt. Now, this trip was something that I was super excited about. I actually planned for myself. Uh, It was shortly after I had started to grow a lot on YouTube. I believe this was at the very beginning of 2020 when I was like, you know what? I'm really proud of myself for making it this far. I'm really, you know, excited to see everything that's happening online. And I want to treat myself by going to a location that I've dreamed about my entire life. And that is Egypt. Ever since I was little, I was always that weird kid that was reading Egyptology books. I was constantly, you know, had my face in a history book, learning about all the history of Egypt and, you know, the the way that they, you know, buried their dead and their cultural aspects. I've just always been fascinated with the history as well as current climate and history of... Egypt. I think it's absolutely fascinating. And I am also a huge history geek as well. Um, I mean, you could tell that by me saying like history four times just barely. But yes, I think that Egypt has such fascinating history, specifically like with all the different pyramids and temples that they have there. So I really wanted to treat myself to this specific experience by going to Egypt. And I was able to take a really close friend of mine. We were able to go together and it was, oh my gosh, an absolutely life-changing experience. And there were some really crazy stories that I have to tell you guys that happened during the course of this trip. Like I said, if you want to hear more travel stories of other countries I've gone to, uh, let me know because I've been able to go to a good amount of countries and every single one of those experiences has not been the type of vacation travel that you would imagine. And I think that's mostly because I'm the type of person when I travel, I like to really immerse myself in the culture. I want to learn how, you know, everyday people live their lives. I want to understand like what makes these people in this culture specifically unique, rather than going, you know, to a really fancy hotel and staying at these really luxury, bougie places. I want to be fully immersed. So I have to preface this Egypt trip by saying, if you're ever planning to go to Egypt, my number one recommendation is to have a plan and know exactly what you're going to do when you get into the country. Because I'm the type of person when I travel, I used to be that person that was like, I need to plan every single tiny little second and every minute and where we're going, and what we're doing at all times, just because I loved that planning element of it. But I realized that planning trips to that level of specificity actually removed a lot of joy out of the moment because I had such intense expectations of what w- is going to happen rather than just going with a flow. So this was kind of my first trip that I was like, you know, what, I'm just going to go with the flow. I don't really have plans. There's some things I want to do, but overall, I'm just going to see where every day takes you. And for some countries that works, I'm just going to say at first for Egypt, that does not work. You definitely want to make sure you have a plan before traveling there because it is as... immersive and as um, in-your-face I heard someone describe Egypt as an assault on the senses, um, which I guess that could have a negative context, but I see it as a positive thing because it absolutely is. Egypt is a place that just is so overwhelming in such an amazing way, but you really got to be prepared for it. And we were not. I was taking my really close friend who he had never traveled out of the country before, um, and I had had limited travel outside of the country as well. So we were just like, you know, we're just going to do this. We're going to figure out what happens as we go. Not the best route, and I will tell you why, but truthfully, I'm really grateful we did it that way because it led to some really life-changing experiences. So we get to Egypt... And, you know, we're in old Egypt, which is the area where a lot of pyramids are, um, you know, pyramids of Giza. You have a lot of historical sites and where tourism tends to be like very popular because of all the history in those specific regions. Now, when we were going, travel was pretty limited. And I'll tell you why. It was the beginning of 2020. Now, at this point, COVID was something that like people were starting to learn about. And I'd seen it in the news and I was like, you know, there's some people talking about it, but it's really like not a big thing. And people didn't realize the significance of it at this point, Um, right until after the trip, uh, because literally on our way home, when we went into Germany, we got tested on the way back into the USA. And that was the first moment for both of us where we were like, whoa, this is a big thing that's happening. Like, COVID's not going away anytime soon. Um, And really for me in that moment, I realized the significance of it. But before that, you know, people weren't really aware. However, at the point where we traveled, tourism was really low. And if you aren't familiar with Egypt and specifically like old Egypt, tourism is such a huge driver of their economy. And you have a lot of people, um, you know, outside in these areas who are, you know, trying to sell things, who have their booths, um, who are, you know, very aggressive uh, in comparison to you know the the USA standards of what you see at a typical tourist site. So when we get there and we go out for our first day, we are immediately just swarmed by people. And I've traveled to countries before where you have people you know trying to sell you things, and you just kind of have to navigate it and just you know kind of push past and and be kind and be gracious, but not you know give too much attention in order to make sure that you can get where you need to go. Egypt is a little different. Uh, It it was very intense. Like we would have people swarming us for literally 30 minutes straight, trying to walk somewhere to the point that sometimes we kind of get, like trapped, <laughs> where we we didn't really have the ability to like go anywhere else because there was just so many people around, and I think that's just because tourism was down at that moment. So people were you know looking for uh, tourists even more so than usual, but it was really intense, and I didn't realize like how exhausting that would be. As much as I loved the experience, you know we would come back to our hotel room at the end of the day and just be like, holy shit. We are so drained. It is very draining in the best way, but still, you know, it's a lot. And I remember the second day that we were there, we were getting ready to go out and I was like, oh man, I... I'm already feeling pretty exhausted from all this social interaction as an introvert. This is, you know, going to be a lot for me. And that second day we went out to, you know, go see the pyramids of Giza and immediately were just swarmed by people. And it was getting a little, a little overwhelming where we couldn't really find our way out. And none of us wanted to be rude. Like we didn't want to be like, get the fuck out of the way or anything like that, because obviously that's not the vibe. So we were trying to be really gracious. And we see this random man come out of nowhere who comes up to us and just kind of shoves everyone's aside. And he's like, don't talk to them. Don't interact with them. He's like, you guys come with me. Uh, Just this random guy. So we, we follow him and he takes us off into this very like distant area around the pyramids where there wasn't anyone else and he had this badge that he was wearing um, where I guess he had specific access to this area of the pyramids and uh, he was just kind of taking us that direction and I was looking at my friend like uh we don't know this guy we don't really know where this is going but he did take us away out you know, from all the groups of people. So you know, I guess that's a good thing. Uh, we really didn't know what we were doing. And he was very friendly. He was talking about how it can be really overwhelming, you know, coming to Egypt for the first time and how he just, you know, wanted to make sure that we had a good experience where we could explore the history. He said that he worked for the government, um, that he, you know, uh, had a lot of experience, um, traveling to the USA. Um, He's just very kind, very gracious. And my friend who had never traveled to another country before was just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This guy's awesome. I was a little bit skeptical only because in my time of travel, you you just know you got to be careful. You You don't know who you can trust and sometimes in you know other countries or just well not even other countries even in the U.S. just anywhere you just got to be careful about who you trust and you know neither of us really knew a ton of what we were getting into so we were just following this guy he was taking us around he was like oh I'll show you you know the pyramids I'll show you all these amazing spots where other people can't show you um because I work you know as a government official um and he gave us an incredible experience like we got to see so many parts of the Pyramids that other people weren't at. Um, And it was really amazing. And by the end of it, uh, I was like very hesitant to trust this person. I was just like, "Okay, is he going to ask for like a lot of money? Is he, where is he going to take us? We we don't really know what was going to happen." And uh anyway, this guy was like, "Oh, hey, you know, let's meet up tomorrow. I'll take you to these incredible pyramids out in the middle of nowhere, to these other historical sites. Like I'll give you a full experience. I want to, you know, introduce you to my family, um take you to my home and showing a lot of kindness, which, you know, was partially amazing, but there was also the part of me that was like, I don't know about this. I'm very, very nervous. And so, yeah, we were, you know, I was, my friend was like living it up, but I was a little bit hesitant to trust him. Um, anyway, we ended up, you know, meeting up with him the next day and he drove us hours outside of the area that we were staying. I mean, when I say hours, like we were literally driving for at least two, maybe three hours to another part of Cairo. And if you aren't familiar with Cairo, oh my gosh, it is like the biggest city I have ever seen in my life. Like it is literally mind numbing how huge the city is. And I've been to big cities like New York, London, does not even compare, does not even come close to just how massive of a city that Cairo is. And so we're driving for hours and still in Cairo. And I'm just like looking at my friend like, I'm nervous. Like, we don't know this guy. He hasn't asked for any money. He's literally taking his whole day to spend with us to give us this experience. Like, stuff like this doesn't, you know, something's not adding up. The math is not mathing. And he he takes us to this r- really remote region. And this is where the story gets, like, super interesting. <laughs> literally one of the most crazy things that has happened. Um, he takes us to this really remote area. And once we get there, he's like, oh, this is, you know, uh, a temple um, from, you know, ancient Egypt. That's an incredible historical site, but it's blocked off. No one can go in. Only top government officials are allowed in this specific area. So I'm immediately thinking like, okay, how are we going to get in? I, I don't know. He gets us to the front. He has this long, I think 30 minute argument with the guard who's at the front. There's lots of yelling. We're pacing back and forth as we know he's threatening for us to just go to the car and leave and then going back. Lots of fighting. We don't understand it because he's obviously, you know, speaking Arabic. Um, and so we're just kind of tagging along before he's like, okay, you guys can go in. I can't go in, but you guys are allowed to go in. Whatever you do, whoever is showing you around, don't give him money. I'm going to give him money myself. You don't even worry about it. You just give him money for, you know, this experience and uh, just, you know, follow him. And so I'm automatically really nervous because I'm just like, shoot, okay, we're follow- We're separated from the only person whom we know somewhat, uh, that we can rely on. And we're going to be alone. And we don't know what this environment is. We're not familiar with the area at all. We're literally three hours away from where we're staying. And, you know, don't exactly have the best sell signal um, while we're in Egypt. So, <clears throat> but, you know, I was like, you know, put it out of your mind, Hiram, just live in the moment, fully enjoy this experience. And so this uh, person who works at the temple um, starts taking us through. And it was absolutely incredible. I mean, when I tell you no one was there, no one was there. It was completely empty, not a single soul in sight. Absolutely incredible. So he's taking us around, showing us the temple, and throughout the entire experience, he's you know saying baksheesh, baksheesh, which means money, um, in Egypt. And uh, so he's continually asking for money. We we're just following what our friend was you know recommending, just saying like, "Oh no, thank you." Um, th- not thank you. <laughs> we were just like, Oh no, like, uh, we don't have money on us. Cause we, we really didn't. Um, and we knew that he was going to pay the guy afterwards. So he gives us the full tour and experience and we get to the very end and he stands in front of us, um, not letting us go, um, on this certain path. And we're completely alone just with this guy. And he asks us again for bakshish. and, I'm just like, okay, this is seeming a little intense. Um, I'm feeling like tense nerves that he's really going to put the pressure on because we're kind of, you know, cornered. We don't really have any other way to go. And I have to give a little bit of backstory for this next part for you guys to fully understand the context of where my mind was. So uh, my friend who I was traveling with was gay. Now, Egypt is not the most supportive when it comes to the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, It is punishable by crime uh, if you are, you know, forward-facing public at all about it. However, in Egypt, um, culturally, uh, homosexuality as a sexual practice is uh, pretty celebrated and normalized. It's very common for men to have sex with other men, um, but not in the context of like a relationship, love, or identity level. And so what's really common, um, from what my friend was telling me, and anyone who's from Egypt, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I read through forums online as well, and learned this too. Um, it's very common for like guards who work at different um, temples where there's a lot of tourists, um, or different sites, uh, where tourists are pretty common. Uh, it's very common for them to like hook up with guys while they're there to say like, Hey, let me show you like this cool hidden part of the temple. Um, and then you go and, you know, do your thing with them and th- there's, you know, nothing wrong with it. Um, and so apparently from what my friend was telling me, he was like, Oh yeah, it's really common. And you know, if you notice that a guard is kind of, you know, um, waving at you or, you know, like kind of motioning over to you or saying things like that, then that's what that means. And so I was already a little bit on alert because I was like, okay, I got to be aware of this. I don't know how common this is. And, you know, look at me. I don't exactly look like the most straight person out there. (laughs) So um, uh, that was just in the back of my head. But as this guy is stopping us uh, and he's asking for money... that kind of thought reenters my mind. I was like, Oh, okay. Uh, you know, not sure where this is going because he was being pretty persistent. And in that moment, he lowers his pants in front of us and immediately my heart starts racing I start freaking out because I'm just like oh my gosh we don't have any money to give this guy for giving us the tour he's expecting some form of payment you know sex is commonly practiced among men am I going to have to suck some dick because we saw this temple like (laughs) like, I was freaking out and not you know necessarily like in a disrespectful way like I understand that it's you know, completely normalized there. But like, that's not what I wanted to do. And I was feeling very nervous because that's the only reasoning I could come to for him, you know, pulling down his pants in front of us. And so immediately I'm just like, okay, God, here we go. I gotta, you know, suck some dick because we had this experience. This is just how it's going to go. This is a sacrifice I gotta make for visiting. (laughs) And I was freaking out. And plot twist, the guy was a eunuch. And if you don't know what a eunuch is, it is someone who has had their uh, genitalia, uh, typically male, uh, had their genitalia removed, uh, cut off. Uh, some in some societies, it's still practiced as a form of punishment. Um, and he he was a eunuch, so there was there was nothing there. And I was just completely confused. I didn't know what was going on. I was like, wait a second, what is happening? I am very confused. And then I realized through, you know, a very broken language barrier that, you know, he was asking for, for money. He, he was basically doing that um, in order to um, make us have more pity in order to give him money, uh, which in that moment I felt so bad. Also extremely relieved because I was like, Oh my gosh, I thought that this experience was going in a very different direction than it actually is. Um, uh, But I felt really bad. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, this poor guy, like, I I don't know anyone, you know, in the, in the USA who's had that experience. I can only imagine like the type of pain and all, all the stuff that he's been through um, to have that happen. And, you know, th- after that, you know, we still were like, we just don't have money. We don't have money to give. I'm so sorry. Um, after he led us back to the guy that we were with, he, you know, paid him well, um, tipped him very well. Um, and we were, you know, back on our way. But in that moment I was just like, Oh my gosh, this trip is going to be, an experience that I have never had before, and I was freaking out in the moment, but it, it was wild. That, that was just, like, one of the experiences. Anyway, the end, you know, of kind of that, uh, we ended up, uh, you know... Very, I wanted to really genu- generously um, pay the guy who was giving us this whole experience. I don't know if that, you know, was necessarily his business model where he, you know, like takes people from the USA and kind of like shows them around. But um, I ended up paying generously for the experience. He ended up bringing us back to his home, introduced us to his children, to his wife. Um, such a beautiful family. He lived in this incredible location um, in Cairo uh, where it was just very culturally rich and you could tell that this is like really where um people authentically lived and where tourism didn't touch the area at all and it was such an honor to be able to come into his home and he you know like fed us they prepped meals for us Uh, he ended up taking us on this nighttime camping experience where we went into the Sahara Desert at night um, and slept there under the stars looking at the pyramids of Giza like Absolutely incredible. Such an amazing guy. Like, could not sing more praises to his name. Uh, So cool. Next time I go back to Egypt, I definitely want to see him again because he really did provide such an incredible experience for us. But in that moment, when we were still, you know, brand new to the whole situation, didn't know who he was, didn't know where we were going and what was going to happen, I was like, okay, here we go. Because, you know, the fears, the anxiety were, were present. They were definitely. At play. (laughs) But yeah, uh, that's like one of the, you know, experiences I had in Egypt. But I have more stories from Egypt that I do want to tell. So another story from the trip to Egypt that was really cool and pretty wild um, was all courtesy, of course, to to this man again. Um, He took us on a different day way outside of Cairo into an area that I honestly can't even find on Google Maps. I really don't know where it is. Um, But to these pyramids that were literally in the middle of nowhere. If you didn't know, Egypt has a ton of pyramids. It's not just the pyramids of Giza, like the three ones that you see all the pictures of. There are so many pyramids in Egypt. And he took us to these, ones that were in the middle of nowhere. I mean, when I tell you there was no one there except for the guards who were guarding it, I'm not joking. Uh, it, It was absolutely incredible. And, you know, as we were going out there and going up to these pyramids, I was like, this is everything that my little Egyptologist kid mind has dreamed of for my entire life. Like how incredible is this. And he took us to this one pyramid where you had to like walk way up and the entrance point into the pyramid was kind of like halfway up it. And it was huge. And basically you had to crawl into this tiny, extremely claustrophobic hole. Um, Anyone who has claustrophobia would have literally had this as a night terror uh, because that's how like enclosed it was. And you basically had to like shimmy your way down in this tiny little hole all the way down to the base of the pyramid. So it was a good like, I don't know, like 15 to 20 minutes of shimmying down before you got to the bottom. And then once you got into the bottom, you were inside the actual pyramid and you could like explore all the interior. And when we were there, there was no one else there. And even just getting inside of the pyramid and you smell that old musky scent of just thousands of years of history in there. Oh, it is just... It is the coolest experience ever. Um, We were like dripping sweat inside because there's no airflow whatsoever. So it was hot as hell. And I was living for every single moment because this is, you know, what I had always dreamed of. We go into the pyramid. We're like going up through it. Uh, The guy doesn't come with us because he was a little bit older. So it'd be really bad on his back to like crawl all the way in there. And we're craw- crawling through um, the different parts of the pyramid, seeing all the inscriptions on the wall, um, having no one there. Uh, both my friend and I are like totally alone um, the whole time we're exploring it. And we get to this one part that seems kind of like the center main tomb of the pyramid and we get to it and we're looking and there's like, you know, it's this big cavern. Um, there's inscriptions on the wall. We're like, wow, this is, you know, like absolutely incredible. And we're looking around in silence. And then my friend was like, grabbed my shoulder and he was like, Hiram, he was like, look. And I didn't realize what I thought were inscriptions on the walls were actually thousands, maybe even tens of thousands of bats just completely coating every single surface of the entire ceiling and walls above us of this cavern and we didn't even realize you know that our noisy asses were just like you know shuffling and hovering around um, and talking to each other as we were in the pyramid but as we're in that room we're just like holy shit be silent be completely quiet because these tens of thousands of bats were just sleeping you know there and I'm just standing looking like oh my god like this is wild. And I'm kind of freaking out because I'm just like, how the hell are these bats even getting in here? Like we had to, it took like an hour to get to this portion of the pyramid. Where are these bats coming from? Like, do they just live down here? I don't even know. There was, there was thousands of them all over the place. And I was just like walking on pins and needles. Cause I'm like, I don't want to make any noise. Before it looks like that scene from Batman begins, where he's standing up in the cave as you know, all the thousands of bats are circling him. I'm like, that's not the type of moment that I am looking to have right now, (laughs) but yeah, uh, just standing in the center, absolutely, you know, amazed and somewhat horrified at just how many bats there were in there. We managed to, you know, get out without. Any bats flying around and making very minimal noise. Um, We go through the rest of the pyramid, we come out, um, we go back home um, to our hotel at the end of the day, and guess what the first news article notification on my phone was? COVID 19 may be related to either bats or camels. (laughs) And I saw that and I was like, shit, we have been in Egypt where there are camels everywhere. Uh, We are literally in a bat filled with tens of thousands of bats, (laughs) but we were literally in a cave filled with tens of thousands of bats. I, at that moment was like, I'm pretty sure we have COVID. Also, it didn't help that I had a rash all over my body that appeared the next day. And I literally was convinced at that point because no one knew what the symptoms of COVID were, was then it was the very beginning of 2020. So it was kind of a question mark, but I was, I remember standing there looking at my rash, both my friend and I looking at each other and I was like, okay, I have COVID, I think. I don't know. Is this COVID? Uh, Anyway, it turns out that I just was using the hotel body wash, which I think was formulated with some ingredients that apparently my skin does not like. And that's what ended up causing the full body. rash. (laughs) It wasn't actually COVID. And it got tested, you know, um, at the end of the trip. Um, So it it wasn't actually COVID. And of course, COVID isn't related to bats. That's just what people were thinking at the time. But in that moment, I was, you know, shitting my dick at the thought of me you know, getting sick from both of those experiences. So it was wild. So I have more crazy fun stories to share about my time in Egypt. Um, But I want to like stop and reflect real quick on a lesson that was really reinforced to me throughout the course of this trip. I think it is really important that when traveling, you take time to really connect with the local culture, um, take time to connect with the people who live there, understand the way that they live, um, experience that, and figure out how you can, you know, best support them in your time traveling. That is something that I have learned pretty much since the beginning of my travels, I think for a lot of people, when people think of vacations, when people think of traveling, they think of a luxury resort off somewhere in another country where they can, you know, tan during the day and swim in pools and go on some amazing adventures and have incredible meals and all this kind of stuff, a very comfortable experience. And I know that everyone has their own style of traveling, but I personally feel, and this was, you know, definitely reinforced through my trip to Egypt, that travel should be transformative. It should be life changing. It should be difficult. You should have moments that are very hard. You should have, you know, stressful, panicked moments. You should have, you know, the moments that make you cry. Uh, the connection and love that you can feel to people, and understanding, you know, the reverence. I think there should be around being able to have the experience of being, you know, witnessing another person's culture and getting the respect for it that I think it deserves. I think a lot of times when when people travel, we tend to overlook the importance of really taking time to understand the people there and, and what's really important to them and the way that they live and, you know, learn how to best respect that and best travel and operate in a way that Helps them at the end of the day, and in Egypt, that's one thing that I'm so grateful for. In the experience we had of being able to meet this man who gave us such an incredible experience by welcoming us into his home, by showing us such incredible locations, by taking us to small businesses um, owned by family, friends, or people that he knew that we could support, by you know, eating the local food uh, that you know, what was made there uh, by people who, you know, have lived there their entire lives, rather than having this super curated, fancy, luxurious, escapism type experience. I think that's really what travel should be all about. And that's one of the things I'm really grateful during this trip. And I think something that's really important to reflect on when we are traveling, because we are given the unique opportunity to go to another place. um, You fly over to another location, something that explorers of the past would have killed to do um, and really understand the way that other people live. And I think by not immersing yourself um, in someone else's culture and learning, you know, how to, not only live the life that they live, but gain that respect for them. I think you're really missing out on a lot. And we have this kind of idealized vacation and travel when in reality it should be very transformative and you should walk away from a travel experience being like, wow, I learned so much about them. I learned so much about myself that was difficult, that was life-changing, that was stressful, that was you know, uh heartwarming and i got to experience love. Like all those different things i think is what travel should be about. And uh one of the reasons i look back really fondly on this trip was that it's like, yes, i could have you know, stayed in a really nice hotel and eaten, you know, fancy food. Um food that were made by hotel guests, um, you know, financially supporting corporate conglomerates who own these, you know, hotel chains around the world to have this very curated and honestly um, very monotone experience rather than being able to do the things that we did um, that were just completely life-changing and more than anything be able to just see the love warmth and kindness of Egyptian people um, that I never knew existed before. Obviously going into the country I had heard so many incredible things about the people and how loving and kind they were but being able to experience it first person and realizing that like we are just people coming to this location to, to see the history and to explore the sites and, you know, uh, understand the way people live by no means should there be any expectation on our end or on their end, you know, for us to have this incredible of an experience, but you know, this man and his family and his friends took the time to really show us love, show us care and and give us, you know, a, a, life-changing learning experience. And I think, you know, when traveling, it's really important uh, we as people that we not only respect the culture, we respect the people, we respect the land that we're going to, but that we, you know, take the time to appreciate their willingness to let us come and let us experience this and for showing the love and kindness that they do. Almost every, no, not almost every single place that I have traveled to, I have met some of the most kind, loving, generous people of my entire life, uh, that at a level that I've personally just never experienced within my own country, the USA. And I think that's really, you know, the, the powerful thing about travel and how it can be so life-changing. And I think you should walk away from travel experiences, from travel experiences, realizing that like, how can I be a better person? How can I be more empathetic? How can I better understand how the world works and how other cultures and other people work? And what can I do on a day-to-day basis that ensures that other people can also, you know, become more empathetic, can also learn more, become more understanding. And how can I, you know, be a tool to help other people learn about the importance of, you know, preserving, protecting, um, these incredible cultures and these incredible people all around the world. I, I don't know. I maybe that's like a little rant. I guess it's a little tangent, but I really want to address that because sometimes when I see the, the way that people travel or the expectations that we have surrounding vacationing and travel, it, it has an undertone of selfishness. Okay, sorry, y'all, My phone that was filming just died. I think that was the universe's way of saying, Hiram, wrap up the tangent. But anyway, yes, travel should be about respecting other people, respecting cultures. It should be a learning experience and something that we should all grow a lot from. And that's just my thoughts on that. Anyway, upcoming (laughs) more Egypt stories. A kind of fun one that honestly is one of my core memories when I am on my deathbed and I imagine myself dying, I will think of this moment because that's just how incredible, um, incredible of a moment it was. Um, So one of the evenings, we kind of unexpectedly um, through this man were able to meet some local people who owned horses, and they offered for us to you know go riding on the horses um, out on the sand dunes. And I was like, hell yeah, let's do this! I mean, I grew up on a cattle ranch. I rode horses growing up. I was like, I would love to do this. My friend, he had never ridden a horse before, so he was freaking out. And I was like, no worries. It'll be fine. We got this. It's all good. Um, We, you know, walk the horses through Cairo. We end up going to the sand dunes. And this is, like, right at about sunset time, right before sunset. And they're taking us, you know, on these horses, just kind of, like, guiding us as we're walking. And here I am just thinking, like, it's a nice, peaceful, you know, horse riding experience that we get to, you know, look at the pyramids and look at the sand dunes as the sun is going down. And then all of a sudden, the guy comes up to us, and he, like, has, like, a thumbs-up sign that he gives to us. And I'm just like, yeah, doing great. And then he all of a sudden... (laughs) He goes to the back of our horses and just smacks their asses, not in like a har- hurt harmful, hurtful way, but in a way that, you know, me having some experience with horses, very limited, but some experience knows that it's telling the horse to take off running as fast as it possibly can. So he immediately does that. And these horses that we're on just take the fuck off. I mean, we are going high speed across the sand dunes and my poor friend is like freaking the hell out because he has no idea like how to, you know, bring the horse to a stop or anything like that. I'm just like, okay, I don't have much experience, you know, riding on horses like this fast, but like, let's do it. And I have this just, memory imprinted in my mind of just the horses going as fast as they you know want to run over the sand dunes the sun going down with the entire sky pink with the pyramids of Giza to the right of us and just endless sand dunes that go on forever on the other side me just riding on the horse in that moment and being like I could die in this moment not just because the horses, you know, like could potentially trample me from going so fast, but also because of just how happy I was. It was such an incredible experience, um, only to be cut short very quick by the horse uh, bucking me off. <laughs> and I ended up going flying into the sand, dudes. Thankfully, sand is really soft and it ended up being like not a bad experience. I was cracking up. I thought it was hilarious. But yeah, I fell off a horse. Um, racing in the sand dunes. And here I was, me before, who was like, oh, you'll be fine. Horses are fine. I grew up with horses. It's totally good. Ended up being the only one who fell off the horse. And the local guys thought that was like absolutely hilarious. It was such a great experience. And honestly, such a core memory for me. I will forever remember that as just like one of the best moments of my life. And then finally, there's another memory that, oh my gosh, in the moment made me so furious and angry. And maybe I overreacted. You guys let me know if I overreacted. Um, but it is a memory nonetheless. So uh, we spent, my friend and I, we ended up going to Luxor. Um, now Luxor is where um, Valley of the Kings is. If you know anything about, you know, Egypt and the temples that are there, there's so much rich, rich history. It's very um uh, reliant on the Nile. So the entire city is in very close proximity to the Nile and just absolutely stunning, like such a gorgeous city. Um, we went to Luxor and, uh, one of the plans was that well, we had a bunch of plans there, but unfortunately, because it's my life and this is how it always goes. I had to do so much work. I had a bunch of videos that I had to edit things that were, you know, not finished in time or not approved in time that I had to do while I was there. And the internet is not, amazing, um, in the places, at least that we were staying because we are not staying at these, like, you know, really, we weren't staying in areas that had a lot of connectivity. We were staying in areas that just weren't really connected to the internet. And so I was really struggling trying to like get videos uploaded and sending emails and all this kind of stuff. So we ended up finding a place that had pretty good internet. And I spent like a big portion of the day, just fully editing. And I accidentally like ended up taking a long nap. Now, We, my friend and I had plans, I think, to go to like dinner that night or something like that. But I wake up and I realize that he's nowhere in the hotel room. Um, So I'm just like, oh, that's kind of weird. Like maybe he's gone down to like a restaurant nearby or something like that. But I was like, you know, first off rule number. Well, okay. Let me, let me preface this. So I wake up and I see um, a note that he's left for me that said that he went out. Um, And I immediately start freaking out because... Rule number one, when you are traveling to a country that you do not know anything about that you have never been before, um, and that's completely new to you, you never go anywhere alone. That is just rule number one. Plus we really didn't have cell signal. Um, at best we had very limited cell signal. So getting in contact with each other was already very difficult. So when I figured out that he had gone off on his own, I was just like, Oh my God, this is like rule number one that you do not do uh I was like I was freaking out um and then so I'm like scrambling like thinking like okay where has he gone I leave the hotel I'm like walking the streets um <clears throat> not like any place far I made sure to stay close to the hotel because I didn't want to accidentally put myself in nature but I was like walking around the hotel just being like okay where did he go where has he gone off to I'm like messaging him he's not responding back I'm freaking out. And then when he finally messages me back, he was like, hey, I went to like go find, you know, like a place to eat and ended up, you know, making friends with these guys uh, who have like a boat on uh, the Nile. And so I'm just chilling with them on the boat. And I again, start to freak out because I'm just like, oh my gosh, now you're not only alone, but you're with complete strangers who you've never met before and you're on their boat where they could take you anywhere. Like, Oh my gosh. Like I am not the type of person who gets super anxious about this kind of stuff. If anything, I tend to be very trusting of people because uh, in a lot of the places I've traveled to, I'm just like, people are so kind. They're so nice, but you always want to make sure that you are at least with one other person who you know, you guys can be together in case something goes wrong. So he's off by himself. I figure out he's with these guys. And then he texts me and he's like, oh yeah, we've been drinking and just chilling. And I'm like, no, (laughs) I'm like, you do not drink or do any substances, like whatever it may be with strangers that you do not know. And mind you, I think this was, this was like at 1am in the morning. It was like midnight or 1am. So I was like, okay, Another rule of travel that I have learned is like, you don't go off at night into an area that you're not familiar with. Now Luxor is, you know, pretty safe. um, And uh, like I said before, I have no reason to distrust, you know, um, the people that I've had experiences with in Egypt because everyone was so lovely and so kind, but it's just kind of like safety 101. In my opinion, let me know what you guys think. And if you, you have differing opinions, but when you're just traveling to an area that you don't know You don't go out at night unless you're really familiar with the area or you're with a local. You don't go off by yourself and you definitely do not drink um, or become inebriated in any way in case something goes wrong. You need to be fully alert, fully aware of everything that's going on in case something bad happens. And worst of all, I had absolutely no idea where he was, so I couldn't come meet him. I couldn't come find him. Uh, I didn't have his location, uh, because I had an iPhone and he had a a different type of phone. So I was literally freaking the fuck out. I was just like, Oh my God, this is going to go so bad. I have no idea how to help him in case something goes wrong. This is his first time in another country. I don't, I just don't think he's like fully aware of just kind of the rules that you have in place when you are traveling. I was like losing my mind. And I think he didn't get back until like 3 a.m. or like 4 a.m., somewhere around there after having, you know, been drinking um, with the guys. And uh, yeah, you know, oh, and I guess also another factor to note as well, Um, this person that I was traveling with, with is also part of the LGBTQ community. And so with that in mind, and given kind of the friction that is present, you know, in the country in terms of, you know, public uh, opinion when it comes to uh, anyone within the queer community. It just made me extra nervous for him and for myself, because again, you're just in a different place where you're not fully aware. And unfortunately, like anyone from Egypt can comment and let me know like what it is for people who are actually living there, but, uh, consistently across many different, um, uh, organizations, Egypt has been listed as one of the most homophobic, homo- homophobic countries in the world. So not that that was like the primary fear I had going into the country. And it's not like, you know, we were going around just being like, slay us, clean, hunty. <laughs> like we were minimal about it, but it just added an extra level of fear where I was just like, Oh shit, this is going to be, ugh, this is just another layer. I was freaking the fuck out. He came back. I like, <sighs> I kind of went off on him and I feel really bad. I, I don't, I don't really know if I've ever gotten gone off this much on a person before, but I was seething. I was like, what the fuck were you thinking going out until like 4am drinking with people you don't know on their boat by yourself at night in an area that we don't even know with no locals that we know. I went off um, and I, I don't think he will be bad for talking about this story um, because <laughs> he knows how I felt in the moment. But I'd be curious to hear, like, if you guys think I was in the wrong, if you guys think I was overreacting, because um, I totally could have been. And like I said, there was absolutely no reason to have distrusted, you know, the people that I came into contact with when we were coming into the country, but it's just like, you just don't know when you travel, you gotta be safe. You know, you just got to be careful and you got to have just little things set up, like having another person there, you know, being able to have cell signal, um, location on little things like that, just in case shit shit hits the van and something goes completely wrong. Um, and so I actually felt really bad afterwards for going off on him. I was like, I should not have reacted that strongly. I'm sorry. That was very reactive of me, but let me know what you guys think. If you guys think like I was completely in the wrong and just completely overreacting, or if you agree with me, or if you think it's somewhere in the middle, I'd honestly be curious to hear your thoughts. Like feel free to comment down below. Um, but that was an experience kind of towards the end of the trip where I was just like, okay, this trip has been absolutely incredible, but it has been a lot on my emotions, a lot on my stress chemicals in my body but honestly kind of like finishing up the Egypt experiences like oh my gosh what an absolutely incredible country to visit the people are so kind so loving Um, we are shown nothing but you know just kindness and respect we are able to learn so much about the culture um, learn so much about people there and history of course Um, absolutely amazing. And if you are someone, you know, who has considered going there before, I highly recommend it. It was a life-changing experience. And if you do go, I highly recommend, well, first knowing someone who lives there, that would make it a lot easier to get the full authentic experience without having to, you know, have the stressors that I did. But if you do go, like, make sure you have a plan, but take time to really immerse yourself in the culture and understand, um, who they are because wow do they have you know so many elements in their day-to-day life and in their culture and the, in the way that they treat people that I wish we had in the USA. Uh, and it was such an amazing experience. Honestly, you guys, this is just the tip, tip, tip of the iceberg when it comes to my travel stories. I haven't even told you guys about the story where I almost – died from a volcano, like literally a volcano exploded and I almost got killed. So if you want to hear that story, (laughs) let me know because I have plenty more of these types of stories to tell in future podcast episodes. If you enjoyed this, um, let me know because I had really a lot of fun telling them. I'd also love to hear your guys's travel stories as well. I think it'd be really fun in a future podcast episode to kind of share my own stories, but also react and, you know, hear your stories as well. And the crazy things that you guys have experienced while traveling abroad. So, Feel free to comment them. Let me know or message me on Instagram. You can follow me on Hiram or you can message Just Position Podcast on Instagram as well. Um, yeah, let me know if you guys enjoyed this. I had a lot of fun and I hope you guys enjoyed listening. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to Just Position Podcast on YouTube and make sure you stream wherever you listen to your podcast. This has been a production of Ramble, a Cadence 13 studio, new episodes out every Thursday. And I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you in the next episode. Mwah. we